and welcome to the 62nd episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me as always is Roger Entner. How are you doing, Roger? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. So, Roger, uh, Christmas came early this year, and we finally have an infrastructure bill, and there's a huge wad of money for broadband in it. Can you tell us where we landed and what does it mean for telecom in general, but also, you know, in terms of both the wireless and the terrestrial side of the house? Well, we landed at $65 billion for broadband. And to put that in context, that's roughly the annual capex of the wireless and fixed broadband industry. So that will get paid out over, you know, between five and 10 years. And and will help telcos, typically smaller telcos, uh, with building out. Basically, if in a market you don't have a hundred megabits of speed, that market is eligible for these stimulus payments. So the government classifies that as underserved, right? Which opens up the spigots for the the dollars, right? It actually classifies it as unserved. Not just wow. under, unserved. Wow. So the goal is that, you know, everybody who builds out covers that geography with at least 100 megabits, if not faster. And right now, you know, that means, you know, in a lot of places, fiber will be coming. And the, the interesting thing is, like, we have now a race at our hand because a lot of the wireless companies, especially T-Mobile and Verizon have identified rural America as easy pickings because a lot of the rural telcos have been not very aggressive in their in their build out, right? In a lot of markets, the best you can get is DSL and sometimes even slow DSL. So that's the investment hypothesis for both T-Mobile with their you know, 2.5 gig strategy and and Verizon with their C-band strategy. Well, and the second part of their hypothesis, hypothesis was that it would be cheaper for them to build out than for kind of rural competitors to build out. But if you're getting a bunch of money from the federal government, that may no longer be the, the government case, just correct? fixed that problem, right? Right, exactly. And T-Mobile is at a very interesting time. They just announced that they have 200 million pop coverage with 100 megahertz of 2.5 gigahertz spectrum, which gives them on average 400 megabits per second, right? And that they will build out in 22, another 50, and an additional 50 in 23. So in two years, they would have 300 million people covered out of the 325 that we have in, in the US. But it's you know, I want to congratulate our our friends at, at T-Mobile to being "quote unquote" nationwide, which is 200 million customers. But the 200 million customers is very urban centric. 80% of T-Mobile's current customer base is in the 200 million coverage. So they have 80 million customers in the 200 million footprint that they're covering right now, and. That's like, what is that, 45% market share in those markets when you back it out. 
So they need to grow in rural America and they better grow quick because otherwise the government's infrastructure money is going to to eliminate their advantage. Right. So when we hear them talk on their investor calls and the quarterly calls, they always talk about how they have such a high penetration in the urban markets, but such a low penetration in rural markets. And they're, you know, similar to enterprise, they have this huge addressable market that they have not tapped. And now <laughs> all the people who have, you know, let's call it DSL in rural areas may be getting fiber ahead of plan, right? And so the implication there is that that may be bad for T-Mobile in the long run. Yeah, and for and for Verizon, you know, Verizon when they launch C band, more than fifty million people will get also access to to fixed wireless through that. So it's also an, a negative for Verizon. But both of them build their networks as mobile first networks, right? They're not building explicitly for fixed wireless. They're building for mobile and then the fixed wireless or the wireless broadband to the home, however you want to call it, becomes gravy, right? It's like it's money on the table and you take it. Well, they still theoretically would be capacity constrained in more dense urban markets in terms of fixed wireless, right? So the idea here is that in areas where there are not you know, enough people to fully clog the spectrum they plan to activate, they would they would uh, with with wireless service they would use it for broadband right well yeah but in dense urban millimeter wave is to go so that's where where Verizon got it right right in, like in dense urban with 2.5 gig yes you have 100 megahertz but it's not going to be that awesome in all likelihood in dense urban you want to do millimeter wave where you have a really big reuse pattern so that you can throw a couple hundred megabits at it. Lots of bandwidth and the propagation doesn't go very far. And so you can get a big chunk of the spectrum for a small number of people. Yeah. And Verizon will not give you millimeter wave fixed wireless unless they think they can give you more than 300 megabits per second. It's still not that competitive in raw speed wise with the fastest speeds from cable, but there are enough people who are disillusioned and disappointed in cable and uh, Verizon is happy to take them. Well, so when, when I look at this, you know, I, I see, you know, T-Mobile's already activating mid-band spectrum. AT&T and Verizon are going to get access to their C-band mid-band spectrum at the end of the year, right? So uh, on the whole, wireless is going to be able to reach faster speeds in the next year or so than we've seen in the past. Rural providers are going to get money to build out fiber. AT&T is doing a big fiber push. Is cable the real loser here? Because I know, you know we're not ready for DOCSIS 4.0 yet, which is the next iteration of a cable broadband technology. And you know, right now we're looking at you know usually like three or four hundred megabits for a cable connection. Where, where does this leave cable relative to both the wireless providers as well as the fiber providers? Well, I think cable. Uh, cable has been winning, right, where it is. And cable has been beating up the, the rural telcos. Where fiber is, fiber is te- typically winning against cable. But you have, for example, Charter participating in RDOF, where now the government pays Charter to build out uh, further into rural areas. You know, the weapons with which 
the, the, the three different camps, fiber, cable, and, and wireless, are moving are much more similar now. But, you know, it, it's a race. Who will lock up these customers in the next two to three years? How quickly can, can the rural telcos build out? Well, and that's the other question, right, is overbuilding, right? So generally fiber providers don't like to overbuild other fiber providers and cable providers don't like to overbuild other cable providers because the economics just don't work. But are we going to see more kind of fighting, direct fighting between fiber and cable coming up here? I, I think so, absolutely. And we can use Fires as a very good example. Fires has been the overbuilder almost everywhere it is active. They have overbuilt in in typically affluent areas but wherever they are you know on average they have like 55 percent market share so it's a much tougher fight if you have to overbuild right the low-hanging fruit is always nobody's there but then you know i think ultimately fiber wins over cable wins over fixed wireless mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but i think there's room for everybody because the economics are different well, and there, there's certainly going to be a lot of money sloshing around to to make the economics more fi- favorable for some of the players as well, right? Is everybody eligible for this forty five billion dollars, or is it are there restrictions on beyond kind of the the service level of hundred megabits? Uh, to everybody's eligible. So one of the things we we rightfully do in this country is to be technology agnostic and also you can come in and if you need less money than than anybody else they will give it to you but usually the incumbents have an have an advantage because they have an existing customer base and are these these are block grants to the states right so the states are going to be making the decisions okay so we may also see some interesting variations in terms of how different states approach this in terms of dispersing funds and the speed of funds will be different too, state by state. You know, some states, you know, the speed of government in some states is different than the speed of government in other states, right? Right, right. But, you know, they make everybody else look fast. I think it's be really interesting to see because I know, you know, as a as a white collar worker working remotely, and I know, I know you work remotely as well, more and more folks are discovering that, you know, if you have a good internet, connection you could live almost anywhere and i think it's in the best interest of a lot of these states to really try to build out as as fast as they can with you know highly compensated knowledge workers able to kind of live anywhere now they'd be fools not to yeah exactly when when you have fiber it doesn't matter almost where you are right it's a big advantage or broadband in general you know i, I would move wherever, you know, if I would have a fixed wireless broadband connection too. Because, you know, if I have an unlimited data bucket, it doesn't matter that much anymore. All right. So is there anything else we should uh, be paying attention to with this announcement? Or is it all just kind of wait and see until we get to the next next phase? Well, it's wait and see. You know, it's, we're, we're looking for the NTIA administrator, we Biden picked Mitch Landrew to oversee all of that. And then we have to see when the states are distributing this. So the money is just being opened up and, and it's coming out in a small drip. All right. Well, it's very exciting news. I think, uh, you know, everybody deserves and should have a fast internet connection. And I'm, I'm looking forward to revisiting this as we're further down the line to national real broadband. Same here.
we'll uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Roger. Talk to you next week. Bye.